Good morning, Porch Community. It's good to see you. Uh, whether you're here in the auditorium or you're uh, with us online or watching later on or listening, however you're connecting with us today, it's really good to see you. I'm Shannon. I get to be the lead pastor here, and it is a, it's a privilege to be able to say that. I want us to jump right in this morning because uh, we got some good stuff to cover here. This video shows us our place in the universe. Um, and as we, as we start this series called The Gospel According to Genesis, we're going to look at the gospel in light of the, the good news in light of the very first book of the Bible. And so I remember as a new believer, whenever someone would say, turn to, and it was very intimidating because I didn't know where it was and how to get there. Today is a great day for you if you feel that. Let's go to Genesis chapter one, verse one. <laughs> it's there towards the beginning, right there. There might be like a page of like who published it and then it's like the page that says like from grandma to you, you know, 1993, you know, but anyway, there's the Genesis chapter one. I want to read us uh, how we go in here and we're going to read verses one through three and then we're going to start this. We're going to be looking at this series, looking at the book of Genesis together and it says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, and I want you to remember this part, okay? I know you've heard it before, but let's hang here for a minute. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now the whole focus of this series, the entire focus actually of the Bible, if you get down to it, can be summed up into one sentence. And it might not be the sentence that you think of. You come up with a lot of different ideas. But when we look at Genesis 1, especially verses 1 through 3, we can see that this book, and like I said, the rest of the Bible can be summed up into this sentence. It's not about us. It's not about us. It's not, we can be prone to do that when it comes to this book. We can go, okay, God, how can I fix my marriage? And how can I, fix, how can I be a better parent? And, and what about my addiction? And I'm so lonely. And, and we go, where can I find this? And we look and look, and it's, it's not about us. Yes, the Bible is for human flourishing, no doubt about it. But the story is not centered on you but it does include you and that's the good news and that's what the gospel means good news so it's a story about God this whole thing is about God right off the start it says so in the beginning God Right? It doesn't say in the beginning me. It doesn't say in the beginning you. It, it doesn't say in the beginning a, a carved wooden image or you know, any, in the beginning the moon or in the beginning the sun. No, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And Moses was writing this, this story, this creation story. Moses wrote this to a group of people who had a tendency to forget the creator God. And the problem that the Jewish audience had that Moses wrote to, it's the same problem that I think you and I might have, and it's this tendency, this temptation 
to this proclivity to worship other things, to worship other gods. And if another god or something better or more promising or more immediate seemed to be presented to them, they would forget the creator God. And so Moses is writing this, trying to get them to see that all those other gods that you think are important are fruitless. They're powerless. They'll not lead you to what you truly, truly desire. In the beginning, God... In the beginning, God. The psalmist says it like this in Psalm 96, verses four and five, declaring this. This is a praise. It says, great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations are mere idols, but the Lord made the heavens. I mean, we just watched that amazing video. The message of the Bible is not... Um, you know, here's another book, and it offers a teaching, and it offers a suggestion, and there in here are some practical tools that, uh, if you put them into practice, they will fix your life. That's not what the Bible is. The, the message of the Bible is not, how can I fix myself? It's fix your eyes on Creator God. It's, it's turn your eyes to, to the creator. It's, it's look to God for how majestic he is, how awesome he is, how gracious he is, how forgiving he is, how, how loving he is, how patient he is, how generous he is. And when we start to do that, what happens is, is how we start to look at everything else changes. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. And the redemptive story of the gospel, the good news of the story, it starts right here in Genesis. See, hang with me for a minute. God creates the world. Then people rebel against God. We're going to talk about that next week. God floods the earth. God saves Noah and his family. Fast forward, God calls 99-year-old Abram to be a father of a great nation. Then prophets come, and who do they talk about? They talk about God. Then about 400 years of silence, and then along comes John the Baptist, and guess what he says? Prepare to meet God. It's all about God. Then Jesus shows up as God, makes the sacrifice only he can make as God. He's raised back to life, to again show that he is God and then he ascends into heaven where he is seated next to God and all this so that you and I might be in relationship with God and all the way to the end of the book where there is the throne room of God and people are there and they are worshiping God and they're singing praise forever and ever and ever to God. It's all about God. So you and I, we were made by God, we were made for God, and until we really stop and and wrap our minds around that and figure that out, and instead we try to make it about us, God, will you fix this? Will you fix that? No, no, it's about God. When we focus in on that, I'm telling you, if we try to do any other way, life just isn't going to make sense. In the beginning, God so we've made it four whole words into Genesis chapter one so far. How about one more word? In the beginning, God created. 
In the beginning, God created. In chapter one of Genesis, the word created is used 12 times, and the Hebrew word for created is this word bara. You spell it B-A-R-A if you're a note taker. Bara, it's the Hebrew word. And here's what is interesting about this word, because see, when you and I use the word create, what happens? What do we think? What, what goes on? Here's what happens when I create anything. I take something that already exists, and I add it to and combine it to something else that exists, and then I have something, right? Create a dinner. Okay, Drew's like, when are you gonna do that? Um, create art. I need elements to create art, correct? Create music. See, when we create, we take stuff that was already there, but see, when bara, the word create used in Genesis, it means making something from nothing. And that's what our God did. To make something out of nothing. And so here, and, and let me just kind of pause here for a second, because here's what I know is true of just looking in this auditorium, and I'm certain with people watching online or listening, there will be differing thoughts and interpretations on the details of bara creation there will be is it seven literal days or is one day a million years uh, does evolution fit into here some people feel quite certain about one interpretation some people feel quite certain about another is it an old earth is it a new earth and I have an opinion and that's all it is and I'm so I'm not even going to bother to tell you now I'll talk about it this Thursday in our podcast, by the way. But, but when it comes to theories and like evidence and, and, and things like in physics and chemistry and geology regarding the, the age of the earth, I am no scientist. And I have proof of this fact because I burned the mess out of my hand in 11th grade chemistry because I thought it would be really smart to take a crucible, a ceramic crucible that had been sitting on a top of a burning Bunsen burner for a good, I don't know, many minutes. And I thought it would be really smart to grab that crucible. Anyone ever done that before? Anyone else besides me? Any other? Okay. You know, it's really hard to play tennis when you have a giant blister on your forefinger and your thumb. <laughs> that was a good time. I'm no scientist. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it all. I can't, I, I'm not the go-to on on matters of like theistic evolution that some people might want to talk about or old earth or young earth uh, creationism. Like I, I don't know these things. I, I don't know the geological and even cosmological estimates of the age of the earth and how people get to that. But here's what I will do. I'll be more than happy to talk to you, but actually more importantly, point you to the one who created the science. The one who created, I mean, think about it, way beyond what we as mere humans are able to do right now. We've, we've discovered down to the subatomic level, right? The, the one who created the cosmos, the one who has woven like the intricacies of his creative, like bara, something out of nothing, masterpiece into all things. This might sound like a cop-out to some people. But I firmly believe that the emphasis when it comes to matters of creation, in the beginning God, and then the ensuing story, 
that when it comes to, to matters of creation, it really doesn't need to be so focused on the how, but on who. Not so much on how. We get, we get sidetracked on how. Let's focus on who. Not how it was created, but who created. You know, oh, but what about archaeology and carbon dating and dinosaurs and the Ice Age? Listen, none of those topics and none of those questions disqualify who created it all. Old Earth, Young Earth, don't know. My not scientific at all answer is I don't know, but I do know my God is the creator of whatever, whatever it is. In the beginning... God created. And so what Genesis 1 takes off the table, I will say this, is the theory that everything in the world as we know it began through some blind, random, cosmic force where suddenly nothing times nobody equals everything? Really? That's off the table. God Created. God is the creator. We are the creation. So it's not about us. It's about God. But the, the good news is, the gospel news is, it includes us. We are actually included in this grand story. In Genesis, go to verse 27 of chapter 1. It says this. So, now, so God has created. He's continuing to create. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. Wow. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God created not just the cosmos, but he created you and me. So your life, it's not some fluke of nature, it's not luck, it's not blind fate like it just happened. You were born as an image bearer of God. And so see, the creation story is important for a lot of reasons, but I just want to offer you three real quick. Three reasons that the creation story is important. First and foremost is it just directs us to know God. The creation story directs us to know God. In Romans chapter one, verse 20, we read this. Paul writes this, he explains this so well. He says, for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Now Paul writes this here as a term that, you, that some people call a natural revelation or general revelation and it's just this understanding of it's impossible for you to, to look and, at the world around you and not go, hmm, a creator created this. Someone, someone else has done this. This is someone greater and bigger has set this all in motion. There's, there has got to be more. There has got to be a designer. There has got to be somebody or something bigger than me. And so first and foremost, when we, when we look at the gospel of Genesis, what we understand is that it directs us to know God. The creation story does that. 
The second reason the creation story is so important is because it doesn't just direct us to know God, but it drives us, it should drive us to worship God. I mean, think about all the wonderful things that God gives us, and it should translate into our worship of God. When you think about things like the mountains and the the rivers and the lakes and the beach and, and all these things and the sunset and all this stuff, it should drive us to worship God. Psalm 8 verse 3 says, when I look at the night sky, another, another great uh, worship of God in this writing that probably David wrote, when I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? See, and that's where, the, it's like, this is all about God. But the gospel of it is that it includes us. Psalm 19 verse one says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship, that you can't look at the night sky and go, my goodness, isn't that wonderful how that just happened to appear? No, no, no. My God, you set all this into motion, you put all these things into place. So I think about the times you have been you know, overwhelmed by nature, overwhelmed by the beauty of it all, the, the vastness of it all, and the whole point of it is not for us to go, wow, isn't nature amazing? No, no, it's for us to, to worship and glorify the God who created nature. See, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. It's all about him. The good news is that it includes us. We are part of this story. See, there is a creator, friends, and that creator loves you. Let that, let that settle in on you for a moment. There is a creator who's put all this into motion, and he loves you. Please understand, you were not at some point some single cell organism and then through billions and billions of years you slimed out of some pond somewhere. You are an image bearer of God created in his likeness, created to worship him. And that is very, very good news. But even so, and we're going to get to this in a couple of weeks. Genesis chapter 6 tells us that God's image bearers were so lost in darkness. So not only does the creation story direct us to just know God in the beginning, okay, God, and not only does the creation story go, oh, wow, God, you are amazing. What you've done is amazing. I'm going to worship you now. But also the creation story, it demonstrates the gospel. I want to read to you verses 1 through 3 of Genesis 1 again. And then I want to compare it to a passage in John. And I want you to see the gospel. I want you to see the gospel in creation. I want you to see creation in the gospel. Let's read this again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, then God said, I remember I told you to remember this, let there be light. And there was light. Now turn to John chapter 1. And hear these words, the first five verses of John chapter 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Let there be light. You see the creation in the gospel? You see the gospel in creation? Jesus is the word, Jesus is the light. And if you're, see the sun's already, when you and I were born, the sun was already in place, the sun had already been doing what the sun has been doing. Jesus is the light. And I want you to hear this because here is where the gospel is found in creation and creation is found in the gospel. If you are a follower of Jesus, I'm talking like you are just maybe like one step into this journey of faith. Wherever you are, you bring the light of Jesus Christ with you the light of creation, the light of glory, the light of God. Think about that. You carry the light. You bring it with you. So where there is brokenness and where there is sadness, anxiousness, where there's bitterness, where there is, think, when there is darkness and chaos around you like there was in the beginning, as a follower of Jesus, you carry the light of Almighty God. This past week alone, I know of two extremely loved individuals who were so overwhelmed with darkness and a sense of worthlessness that they took their own precious lives. I heard this morning of another who attempted the same but is still with us, praise the Lord. And it breaks my heart and I didn't really know these people that well. I know many of you are mourning deeply. People of God, porch community, I would just say, let us carry the light of Almighty God with us. We don't save people. We don't have that kind of power. But God has actually allowed us to carry the light of His Son, Jesus Christ, in and through us. 
for us to shine that in the dark places, to shine that in the chaos, to shine that in, in, the, in the places of, of hurt and brokenness, and that you and I can carry light into those moments and, and into the lives of those people. We can carry that light and pray that God will work in those circumstances and pray that there's an understanding that that God loves them immensely and has created them in the, His image. Let us carry the light. Carry that light. You know, I was one of the things we wanted to do with this series was we were like, this is, you know, there's so much in Genesis. I mean, so much that it's where do you go? Where do you stop? You know, how do you fit it into a worship experience and things like that? And so one of the things we wanted to do was create a a study guide during this series and it's already up this morning you can go to our website um, and find it and, and it, it'll be there every week there'll be a new study guide for you to use as a, as a community group, as a small group as a group of friends, as an individual of course other people, working with other people is always good we just want to equip you and, and not only that but there's some really cool um, like three to five minute teaching videos that we've added on from a ministry called the Spoken Word Gospel which is phenomenal and here's why we want to do this we just we want to equip you to be the people of God who carry the light of Jesus into the world because in all that giant vast hugeness that we saw in that video it comes down to this wonderful and, and strange reality that it's all about God, but he wants us to be part of it, and he's given us a place in it, and he's put us where we are in this moment, in this time, for this purpose, and you get to carry the light that was there at the very beginning. We want to equip you to carry the light. And, and really, why? Why? So people will look to the creator who loves them. So the focus and attention will turn towards him. It's not about us. It's about God. It's not about us, but it includes us. And that is the gospel according to Genesis. And so I would say this, and I'll ask the band to come back as we you know, continue our time together. We respond to God in, in our worship together. In light of what we've read and in light of, of, of what, how the Holy Spirit's working us right now, but I would just say this. If you are not yet a follower of Jesus, I would, my prayer would be that today would be the day that it all just starts to make a little bit of sense. Like I said, we don't have to have it all figured out. But that today would be the day you realize, you know what? There's a creator. And I was actually created by him and he loves me and so if you haven't made that decision if you haven't stepped over that line of, of uncertainty of unbelief today could be that day and the beginning of that journey and you can simply pray with me something like this let's pray together God, I, I do not understand it all, but I, I believe you, God. 
I believe you created me. I believe you know me in the depths of my being. You know the good stuff. You know the bad stuff. And you still love me. You sent Jesus to be the Savior of my life, to pay the debt for my sins that I have committed against you. And through Jesus, I may know grace and forgiveness and redemption and everlasting life. And I may have your light. God, I most certainly need you to fix me, no doubt about it. But I understand it starts with me fixing my eyes on you. Creator God, it's all about you. Forgive me for making it all about me. Thank you for loving me through Jesus Christ. I give my life to you right now. And I will worship you. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.